Christmas traditions. People seem to be putting up their lights even earlier this year, perhaps in an attempt to bring some festivity to an otherwise dreary year. I love to see the colorful displays adorning people's homes and we ourselves have placed a colorful nativity scene in a prominent place for all to see to represent the message of hope and peace available through the birth of the Christ child. Even if you or your family were not raised with such Christmas adornments, no doubt you've seen enough Hallmark movies to understand the fascination with such decorations. Besides the beauty and gaiety of these garlands and ornaments, what do they truly symbolize and what may they scripturally represent? Whereas Easter may be a well-recognized spiritual holiday where the stations of the cross are taught and the crucifixion and resurrection of Christ preached, Christmas has sadly become a commercial or carnal celebration that erases Christ from its commemoration. I hope that our time together today may restore some of the meaning of Christmas and encourage you to participate in its joyous biblical message as you consider what these emblems represent. Let's start with the tree, one of the most vibrant emblems of Christmas. The story is told that Martin Luther, the founder of the Lutheran Church and key Christian reformist in the 15th century, was walking in the woods one winter evening and was touched by the beauty of starlight filtering through the evergreens. He selected one, cut it down, and took it to his home, where he decorated it with candles to bring the woodland scene into his home. But what, do these, what does this tree and decorations actually symbolize? Well, the tree is an evergreen, meaning that it doesn't lose its leaves in the winter season, but remains a vivid green throughout the year. This state of perpetual life represents the everlasting life that we receive through Jesus Christ. Thus, like that tree, we are alive forevermore through him. But there's more. The shape of the evergreen tree is a triangle, a form in Christianity, which represents the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And in fact, Scripture tells us that God compares himself to a tree, saying, I am like a tree that is always green. All your fruit comes from me. Thanks, Prophet Hosea, for that one. And what about all the decorations we put on the tree? Each carries important symbols to lead us back to the Christ child. For instance, many people place a star on the top of their tree, and in Scripture, we see in the Christmas story recounted in Matthew 2 that the wise men followed a star in hopes of finding and worshiping the newborn king of the Jews. When they saw the star, we read, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. This light also reminds us to follow Jesus, our guiding light. As we read in John 8, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness, because you will have the light of life. In the same way, the lights strung around the tree symbolize the long journey of the wise men over hill and valley to find the Christ child, to discover the light of the world. 
Others may place an angel at the top of their tree, and here again we see a clear reference to many parts of the Christmas story, from the visitation of the angel Gabriel to Zechariah and Mary in Luke chapter 1, or the angelic choir who sang for the shepherds in their fields, bringing to these humble men the message of salvation and hope. And so we read the angels shouted, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem for the city of, the city of David. And then they sang, glory to God in the highest heavens and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And what about the red and white balls that people hang on their trees? Here again, we see a clear representation of Christ. 15th century German families placed red apples on their trees to symbolize the apple of the Genesis story, which represents the sin of humanity and our need for a savior. But then they also began to add small white wafers, the symbol of Christ's body sacrificed for us so that our sins are forgiven. As John wrote in his letter, My dear children, I am writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins, and not only our sins, but the sins of all the world. Then there's the tinsel we love to wrap around the tree. Once again, we have Germany to thank for this tradition, but our current plastic version was originally spun from real silver. But there is also a fascinating story that connects this glittering strand to a spider who once upon seeing the beautiful green tree in a woman's home drew near for a closer look. They loved what they saw and danced around it in delight, spinning gossamer silver threads all around it. Some then explained that baby Jesus, upon seeing the beautiful industry of the humble spider, miraculously transformed the strands into silver and gold tinsel to ensure the woman of the house, who desired an immaculate home for the Christmas season, would not sweep them away. And what about the gifts we wrap and place under the tree? We can certainly thank our friends the wise men for their generosity for this gesture. For we read, of course, that when they saw the baby with his mother Mary, they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, perhaps you won't be quite that generous this season, but you are undoubtedly planning on sharing gifts with others to show them how much you care. And if you're planning to wrap your presents with a bow, that too represents the purpose of Emmanuel, God with us, to bring peace on earth, goodwill to all men. And our bows symbolize that we are tied together through the bonds of unity. As Paul tells us in Ephesians 4, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Many people love to place wreaths upon their doors during the holiday season. Originally, this was a pagan 
symbol of the sun as a wheel that rolled away from the earth during the winter season and those worshipers decorated their homes with wheels of greenery and lights to coax the sun back into a place of warmth over their homes. However, once people converted to Christianity, these wreaths took on a new symbolism. The evergreen and unbroken circle reminded them of God's eternal love and salvation through Jesus Christ. The holly adorning some wreaths was meant to symbolize the crown of thorns. Jesus wore at his crucifixion, and the red berries symbolized the blood he shed for all mankind. In fact, in some Scandinavian languages, the word holly translates as Christ thorn. And we see in Galatians 1, we're told, may God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Jesus gave us a life for our sins, just as God our Father planned in order to rescue us from the evil world in which we live. And what about the beautiful poinsettia plant? Of course, its bright red and green colors could readily symbolize Christ as we've seen, but actually the story of the poinsettia comes from Mexican folklore. Two children, Maria and Pablo, were too poor to buy gifts, yet they dearly wanted to bring something special to their town's nativity scene. In their search, they found pretty leaves along the side of the road and placed them before the manger. The townspeople mocked their gift, but the and but their teasing they turned to amazement as before their eyes, the humble yet sincere gift of Maria and Pablo miraculously bloomed into glorious star-shaped flowers, and thus the poinsettia was born. Many children and adults alike love candy canes and can't wait to enjoy them during this season. Once again, they have a fascinating history. In 1670, a choir master at a cathedral in Germany couldn't stop his choir members from chatting during rehearsal for their upcoming nativity play. Finding his reprimands useless, he tried to sweeten his singers and by presenting them with peppermint sticks, but he had them specially made into the shape of a shepherd's staff to remind the children of Jesus, the good shepherd whose birth they were singing about, and of course the shepherds themselves who rushed out of the hillside after the angels sang for them to tell them about Jesus' birth. And finally, we're going to come to the Christmas stocking, which brings us to the story of St. Nicholas, who, as we know, comes the name of our present-day Santa Claus. Tradition tells us that this 4th century Bishop of Myra came from a wealthy family who tragically died in an epidemic. In Nicholas's devotion to Christ, even as a young man, he determined to follow the counsel of Jesus and sell all that he owned and give the money to the poor. Thus, he generously used his entire inheritance to aid the needy, sick, and suffering. One of the legends tells us of Nicholas learning of a father's concern for his three daughters. This dad was too poor to afford the dowry or bride price for his daughter. So what he did instead is that he 
prayed about it and asked God for God's help. And Nicholas overheard this. And so while they were asleep, and so Nicholas could ensure that this poor needy family and their daughters would not be sent into slavery or servitude. What he did is he crawled down their chimney and stuck gold into each of their stockings in order that they could marry. The tale of his generosity has been passed down throughout the centuries and in his memory today, we hang our stockings by the chimney with care. I hope that we can see our Christmas traditions and decorations are really rich symbols of our Savior Jesus Christ who came to bring light in our darkness. You see, it really isn't important whether you believe that December 25th is Jesus' birthday. What is important that you believe in him. As Paul closes his letters to the Romans, let me close this devotional with his words. Now all glory to God who is able to make you strong. Just as my good news says, this message about Jesus Christ has revealed his plan for you Gentiles, a plan kept secret from the beginning of time. But now as the prophets foretold and as the eternal God has commanded, this message is made known to all Gentiles everywhere so that they too might believe and obey him. All glory to the only wise God through Jesus Christ forever. Amen.